My Seven Chakras, episode 172. Logic will get you from A to B. Imagination will get you everywhere. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, action takers? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras, the show where we dig deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that can change your life. This is one show where we are working hard to ensure that science and spirit join hands to be able to solve big scale problems so that we as a species can evolve collectively. So if you're listening for the very first time, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for choosing our show. Today's show is going to be about hypnosis and will surely, surely inspire you along with providing you actionable steps that you can take today to transform yourself. But before getting there, I want to share with you our latest iTunes review that has definitely hypnotized me. This review is by a person called Ripple on Stillwater. The username is Ripple on Stillwater and it reads, So enjoy binging on my seven chakras. Your message and those of your guests are what I've been longing for as I've been on my own spirit quest. I'm so blessed to have found my seven chakras. Keep them coming. Thank you. Action Tribe, if you want your own review to be read out as well, make sure you leave us your thoughts, your experiences, and your views in the form of an iTunes review. There are two simple ways you can do it. If you're already on the podcast app on your iPhone, just hit reviews and then write a review. You can also type in this link on your browser to directly jump onto the iTunes review page. The link is my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. If you are on a spirit quest, if you love the content on the show, if you've taken action and seen some change in your life, make sure you write a review because every review counts. Reviews basically let iTunes know that you're loving the show. And as a result, we get more exposure and are able to create a larger impact on the world. All right. So we are finally ready to welcome our very special guest for today, Yasmin Wabert. So Yasmin, are you ready to inspire? I absolutely am. Awesome. Yasmin Wabert is a certified hypnotherapist, public speaker and Reiki level 2 practitioner with a thriving practice in California and Europe. She's passionate about helping others, whether it be through hypnosis or in everyday life. Her innate ability to listen assists her in her goal to help and teach others that limiting beliefs are just that, a belief. Beliefs can be altered to new thoughts, ideas and therefore emotions and feelings. Yasmin, welcome to My 7 Chakras. Before we move on, could you take about a minute and tell us a bit more about you? Yes, I'd be happy to. So as you mentioned, my name is Yasmin and I am indeed a certified hypnotherapist. I'm also a Reiki practitioner. I was born and raised in Belgium. I lived in Paris for a few years, spent some time in Australia, and now I currently am in Los Angeles. Uh, I've been here for 10 years. And in my practice, whether locally in one of my offices or with people around the world via internet, I use hypnosis as a tool in therapy to help people create that different paradigm, different programming, different belief system. In other words, 
we work on a subconscious level, which allows us to change our automatic thoughts, therefore our automatic feelings, and therefore our actions. And I absolutely love it. And I consider it my job to teach people how to re-empower themselves and stay empowered for the rest of their lives and be able to tap into that. Well, that is amazing. I can't wait to learn more about how you do that and the change that you've been able to influence on people's lives. But before that, let's begin with some inspiration. My question to you is, what is your favorite inspirational quote and how do you apply this quote in your day-to-day life? Yes, well, Albert Einstein in general is one of my favorites and he has many, many, many to choose from. Mm -hmm. But one that I uh, use on a daily basis is uh, the one where he says, logic will get you from A to B, imagination will get you everywhere. And it sort of serves me as a reminder on a daily basis where I very often and perhaps um, some other people out there as well, we get stuck in wanting to explain things, wanting to understand that which we experience, that which we call reality. It has to make sense in some form so that we can accept it, whichever it may be. Now, when I repeat that quote to myself, it reminds me that imagination and the power thereof is a proven science. It's physics. And if it's logical to someone a whole lot smarter than me, someone like Albert Einstein, then I can allow myself to accept some of the things that may not make any logical sense to me. And therefore, I can let my mind rest and ease a little bit and use it by tapping into my ability to imagine, my ability to visualize, and not think I'm crazy or it doesn't make sense or this is all just made up. I can allow myself to do exactly that without having to fight it. I really love this quote, Action Tribe. Go back to the days when you were a child, when you would daydream, when anything was really possible. Because as we're learning today, as Yasmin has shared, sometimes logic really limits us, but imagination will get you everywhere. So don't forget about your imagination. And with that, let's dive in. So Yasmin, what is your definition of hypnosis? Well, hypnosis to me, first and foremost, it's a natural state. So it's something that's a part of every single one of us, just like we breathe. We have a breathing mechanism. We have blood flowing through our body. It doesn't matter where you're born, uh, what foods you eat, what climate you live in. It's, it's just a part of who we are, a part of how we operate. So hypnosis itself is just a very focused state in which we gain automatic access to the subconscious mind, which is the part of your mind that drives your automatic actions, the things you do without even thinking about it. And by gaining access to that part of the mind, we can actually change the way you think, therefore change the way you feel and change the way you act um, and change the outcome in your day-to-day experience. Wonderful. So I loved your definition. It's a natural state and I'm glad that you made that clear to everyone. It's a part of the human experience. Through this state, we get automatic access to the subconscious mind. And as a result of that, once we get access, we can change the way we think, we can change the way we act and we can transform our lives as well. So love the definition. My question is, what are some of the challenges that you've helped people overcome through hypnosis? Uh, they are numerous because um, we're all different and we all have different perceptions and we all have different mm-hmm. belief systems. So even one thing can be experienced differently by different people. Anxiety, for example, is, is one that's sort of has gotten to epidemic proportion uh, throughout the world. Teenagers who have to take me- medicine just to be able to get through the day. So helping people overcome anxiety is, is really just so powerful because it changes their entire outlook on life and the way they experience it. The most powerful one 
I've experienced with um, quite extraordinary a person that was referred to me by a psychiatrist who didn't have use of her left leg. Now, there was no medical reason that she couldn't use mm. her left leg, but yet she had no function of it. And so uh, the psychiatrist made a diagnosis, referred her to a hypnotherapist. She ended up at my doorstep. We talked. And it was very clear to me that what needed to be done, and when I explained it to her, see, the mind or the brain itself doesn't have any nerve endings, right? It's just like our nails and our hair. It doesn't have any feeling because there's no nerve endings there. So for the mind or the brain to be able to draw your attention to something that hasn't been processed and released and let go, it has to put it somewhere. Well, where is it going to put it? It has to put it somewhere in the body so that we can be, it's sort of like a red flag. We can draw some attention to it. Hey, hello, uh, something needs to be done. So mm. what happened was she had experienced such trauma in her life repetitively where she felt like she couldn't walk out. She was stuck. She couldn't walk out. She was stuck. So when we started working around that, I was thinking, you know, this, this may be a little bit more of a long-term therapy. She actually ended up walking out of my office after the first session, which was unheard of. Uh, and I'm not sure if I'll ever see it again, but, but it, it is so powerful. Sometimes we get so stuck in our thinking that we hold on to emotions. And when he, emotions get stuck in our body, it can cause things like chronic pain. It can cause uh, things that the medical world can't even explain because it doesn't make any logical sense. So then we have to work on the emotions, release them, set them free, and it changes people's lives tremendously. Wonderful. Love that story. And it's really amazing to note that she couldn't use her left leg, but after some work, you sort of uncovered that she experienced some trauma in her life, traumas that she couldn't really walk out of, right? That's exactly And because of that, she had some emotions that were, uh, that was stuck onto her deep in her subconscious. And once she was able to let go of them, she was able to use a leg and literally walk out of your office. Now, you spoke about the power of the subconscious mind. Could you give us some real life examples of how powerful really the subconscious mind is? Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, first and foremost, it's important to know that our mind doesn't know the difference between reality and fantasy. And I can, mm. and I can prove that to you, right? When we, we've all been to the movies, we've either watched a movie at home or went to the theater and we go there and we either pay or we rent something or we, we may watch something online and we get ready and we, we were all excited. We make our choice. And uh, if we're lucky, if, it, if it's a funny movie, we'll laugh. If it's a sad movie, we'll, we may cry. If it's scary, we may get scared. In other words, we know what is being projected at us is not real. We know these actors are paid. They probably recorded it a very long time ago, but our body and our mind is responding to it as though it was real, as though we are a part of it. Why? Because our mind can't tell whether it's happening in your life or whether it's just a TV of performance on the screen as we logically know. The body responds to it. So in that same sense... We respond to everything around us, right? We, we smell something, we feel something. We touch something, we feel something. We hear something, we feel something, etc., etc., etc. So we have automatic responses to it. Now, how did that happen? How did that get there in the first place? Mm-hmm. Well, when we're born, no matter where you're born, we, generally speaking, we all pretty much are the same. We have a breathing mechanism. We have blood flowing through our veins. And it's after the time that we're born that we start to learn from the people around us. Our parents teach us certain things, our teachers, our friends, our neighbors. Each and every single person we're in touch with teaches us certain things. If you walk outside with your hair wet, you may get sick. If you don't finish your plate, you're not going to grow tall. And, you, you know, fill in the blanks. We all know what we were told when we were young. 
So some things are considered positive and some things are experiences that are not so pleasant. Perhaps the first day at school where you felt all lonely and mom left you there and you felt maybe a little bit rejected or abandoned, perhaps wasn't so pleasant. And that automatically creates a memory in our subconscious mind. Consider it a, a computer system, a software or hardware in this case. Now, so we're literally little sponges walking around. Whatever happens, we just soak it right up because we don't know any better. We don't have any logic or any reason at that point to, to process that information. We just accept it. Now, after we're about 8 to 12 years old, you know, the teenage years, for those of you who have kids, you know, we very often hear parents say, I can't believe it. It's like my, my teenage kid thinks it knows everything better than I do. And why? Because we start to form our logic, our reasoning, our ability to analyze, and based on these three, we make a decision. Right now, the people that are listening are logically thinking, they're reasoning, and they're analyzing that that which I'm saying, if it makes sense to them, and based on that, they make a decision whether they accept it or they don't. And then we have that other thing called willpower. Now, obviously, we don't stop learning after 12 years old. We use the law of repetition to gain access to our subconscious mind and to still create things that become automatic. Driving is a good example. Mm -hmm. Learning a new language, for some of us, cooking. And how do we learn that? We repeat, we repeat, we repeat. And in the beginning, it may be hard and difficult, but after a while, it becomes so automatic that you don't think about it anymore. You just do it. How often have we driven somewhere and we make it to our destination? We turn off the car and we're like, oh my goodness, I don't even remember making a left or right turn or taking the exit of the freeway. Mm. Your, your subconscious mind did it automatically. Why? Because you reached it by using the law of repetition and therefore it could do so without you even having to pay attention to it. Now, how is the subconscious mind so powerful? Well, it is 88% of your total mind power. Hmm. So in that sense, it becomes really, really important to become aware of the things that we tell ourselves because we have about sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day. That's just the stuff we tell ourselves. That's not even taking into consideration the environment and the people around us, which also has access to the subconscious mind if it's repeated over and over and over again. So therefore, it's extremely important to become aware of what you expose yourself to, including your own thoughts, how you're feeling every day because if it's repeated – over and over and over again consistently, it will become a part of your subconscious mind of your 88% and it will drive your behavior in that same direction. And that's very often while people feel stuck, they're stuck in a pattern, they're stuck in a cycle. Well, we have to break that cycle and you do that by reaching the subconscious mind and creating different automatic changes. Wonderful. So I loved your explanation. You spoke about the fact that our mind does not know the difference between reality and fantasy. So if something is not real, like for example, we go to a movie, we know that it's not real on a very logical basis, but our body is responding to it as if it were real. So whether it's a horror movie or a comedy movie, and I think what you told us is that it's important to be aware of the things that we are telling ourselves and also of the type of media or the communication that we're exposing ourselves to because those as well will have an effect on our bodies, our mind and ourselves, right? So that could be, you know, celebrity gossip news or maybe uh, political news as well. Those things, even though might not be real to our individual lives, you know, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, have an effect on us, right? Absolutely. And it even includes songs. How often do we have songs stuck in our head? But if you listen to the lyrics, oh, yeah. it's really not all that pleasant. <laughs> so yes, everything, <laughs> everything matters. Absolutely. So based on your experience, why do people turn to hypnosis? Why is it so effective? Well, well, it's effective because we, we use a natural state, which opens uh, access to the 88%. And that's why it's so effective. You, you go into the hardware 
of our system, if you will. And you, you, one hypnosis is sort of like a reset, a reboot of our system. It automatically creates some relaxation and some relief because very often we're, we're operating on a day-to-day basis on overdrive, right? Or if, if we were to compare our feelings and our thoughts and our being to a glass of water, and each mm-hmm. and every single thing that hits us every day is a drop in that glass of water, the 60, 70,000 yeah. thoughts, the things that you mentioned that we see perhaps on social media or the news or, or whatever is happening around us is a, glass, is a drop of water in that glass. We have so many things that we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. We are literally nonstop that that glass of water is quickly overflowing. And all we're trying mm. to do is just mop up that water and mop up that water and mop up that water. And we can't sleep well. We can't fall asleep. We can't stay asleep. So we don't even have the time to empty that glass of water. We start the day with that glass of water half full. Now, what hypnosis does is it automatically, without me even giving any suggestions, it automatically empties out that glass of water so you can start fresh. And in addition to it, since we're working on that subconscious level, on the 88% that drives your automatic behavior, We can create changes to the associations that are already there. In other words, the things that you've learned and picked up, your beliefs, Mm -hmm. your paradigm, there's many different words for it. We can create changes there so that it's more in line with what you logically want, what you consciously want, this little voice inside your head, so that you have 100% working for you. And that's when people start start to see change. It's not that ping pong game going on in the head anymore. You don't have to just rely on willpower. You can use the power of your own mind, the thing that we all have, and create that automatic change. And therefore, as long as you logically still want the same thing, move 100% in the same direction. Got it. Now, in one of your videos, I noticed that you speak about the theory of the mind. So what exactly is this theory? Well, the theory of the mind literally comes down to uh, explaining the, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. So if we all were to use our imagination or our power to visualize, I know we can all do that. If we were to imagine that our mind is represented by this big circle, a big white circle, and we say that this circle represents 100% of our total mind power. As I mentioned before, when we are born, we all have primitive mechanisms that we come with. We didn't have to do anything. They were just given to us. One example is a breeding mechanism. There's also another mechanism within our primitive system that some of you may have heard of before. It's called fight, flight, freeze. There are other words for it. Psychology calls it uh, the sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system. There's also another word for it. It's called our basic instinct for survival. They're just labels. They're all indicating the same thing. And what does it mean? Well, literally thousands of years ago when we were little cavemen and cave women uh, running around, it was literal. We either had to fight to survive, knock the wild animal on the head and have lunch, Flight, meaning using our speed and agility to run away from that animal and survive. Or freeze, which we still have an animal that we know of today that still does that, the possum, right? When Mm. it sees a threat, it just freezes up. It's an automatic mechanism that's being triggered and it waits until the threat is gone and then slowly comes back to life and just walks away. So those mechanisms, we still have them in our body and our mind as well. It's just that in today's society, we can't just fight or run away, or freeze up, because there's consequences to it, and then we have to deal with those consequences. Uh, Fight nowadays is the way we deal with our everyday stressors, with our everyday anxieties. For example, we're faced with a problem, and we're going to try and find solutions. What are we going to do to overcome it, to fight it? Flight is, for many people, how do we respond to that? Drugs, alcohol, medication, 
you know, you name it, uh, video games, addictions, and then freeze is literally when we're talking about depression, not being able to move. Uh, you see it very often. Uh, we've unfortunately heard it recently with all these, let's call it terror attacks happening where people literally were talking about fight, flight, and freeze. Some people were fighting and doing everything they could to get other people safe. Other people just ran away and some experienced just you can literally hear, hear them say, I couldn't move. I was just standing there. I couldn't move. Somebody had to pull me out. In other words, their basic instinct for survival was activated. Now, from that moment on, from the time we're born till about eight years old, as we mentioned, we're little sponges. We learn everything from, from everybody around us. We don't know any better. We just soak it up. And one thing can mean different things to different people. And our mind learns through identification and association. What does that mean is that one thing one subject, one object has a certain feeling attached to it. You cannot separate the two. Uh, for example, grass, fr- the, the, the smell of freshly mown grass, to some people may trigger memories of family and barbecue and summer and good times outside. For other people, it may trigger allergies, so not so pleasant memories. So one thing can have different reactions for different people. This is where we start to become different. And we do so by the people around us. We literally soak up their belief system their words, their behavior, their patterns, um, and we mimic them. You know, we all know that kids like to mimic their parents, right? Somebody said something, all of a sudden they'll come back from school with a word, wait a minute, where did you learn that? They'll, they soak all of that up. Now, after about 8 to 12 years old, we start to form with, within our mind something that we call the critical area of the mind. It's, a little, it's like a filter, like a, like a bouncer at a nightclub, I always like to say. It sort of keeps everything that's inside, everything that you've learned so far, it keeps it safe, which is a good thing because otherwise we have to learn how to eat every day. We have to learn how to dress every day. We don't think about it. We just do it. It's automatic. We don't pay attention to it. And um, now it means it keeps a lot of good things safe, but it also means it keeps some of the things safe that perhaps are not serving you anymore, perhaps that you now have a different opinion of. And then after 12 years old, after that filter is in place, that's when that logic, that reason, that ability to analyze, the decision-making and the willpower uh, start to form. And we start to form our own decision. We start to think for ourselves and um, make, make our own uh, conclusions out of that. Now, these conclusions over time may become different from what you've learned as a child. So this is where the conflict kicks in. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Very often when we were raised in a family where mom or dad had to work really, really hard to bring the money in or to provide food on the table, we sort of automatically pick up this notion, if you want to be successful, you got to work hard. Life is a struggle. Uh, the bills, it's always a struggle when, when they come around, when we have to pay them. It just becomes automatic. We soak, we soak it up. And then very often at a later point in life, people went on and had an education and have everything it takes to be successful, but for some reason, it just doesn't happen. And then they're like, well, I'm going to use my willpower, right? I, I, th- I thought about it. I reasoned. I made a decision. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to do what it takes. I, I have the knowledge. I studied. I have what it takes, and I'm going to take the actions to become successful in XYZ industry. And each and every single time, they find themselves in situations where maybe they just missed that promotion or they have a setback or they made a little bit more money, but then something happened to the car, the money goes out again. Well, you have that 88% that says, what are you trying to do here? It's not safe. It's a lot safer to struggle and to find ways, just keep things the same because we have this thing called homeostasis. And a good a good example of that is, for example, when we are in a very warm area what happens to our body? 
we start to sweat. Why is that? Because our body and our mind want us to keep want to keep us at the same temperature. Their, their functioning is to keep everything the same. And that's subconscious in nature, and we know that because it's automatic. You don't have to do something to sweat. It just happens. It's a mechanism that's triggered. Well, in that same sense, your subconscious mind, all of the old stuff that it's learned, everything that's in that database, in that programming, your subconscious mind and that critical filter is going to do everything it can to keep it the same because everything that is different, whether we consider it good or bad consciously, the subconscious mind doesn't care. If it's different from what it knows, it's a threat. And it will do everything it can to drive your thoughts, therefore your feelings, and your actions away from that so that you stay the same. And uh, therefore, very often, people who use affirmations, uh, you will hear them say, yeah, after a while it got easier. Well, yes, because you were using the law of repetition to use your subconscious mind. So the more you use it and the more you repeat it, the more familiar it becomes to the subconscious mind up until the point where it can accept it. And then it can drive you in that direction. And that's when you start to see the change. So if you want to create real change, you have to involve your subconscious mind. There's just no way around it. Got it. So based on what you've shared with us, the thing that usually prevents a person from a transformation right, or success in any field is the self-limiting belief that the person has, which is usually deep seated deep within the subconscious mind, right? Yeah. So what advice do you have for a person who wants to identify what those self-limiting beliefs are? Well, first it is, of course, becoming aware of what's happening in your experience right now. What's going on in your life? How are you feeling? And not generally, but really specifically in detail. Because we all have things that we don't like, and we, but we also have things that we do like. All right. Not not life isn't all 100% negative or 100% positive. There's there's a variance in there. So it's about stopping for a moment and literally as you go through the day, recognize what you don't like, why you don't like it, and what you would like to have instead. And go through the day like that. And it may take some time and it makes it take some practice to become aware of that and to accept that which you are noticing. And then from that, you shift your focus on what you do want and you start taking steps. What is your first, next logical step? Only the first, next logical step. Because if we're, if we're going to look too far in the future, the fear, the worry, and the doubt is going to kick in because it's too different from what we know. In other words, our subconscious mind will already start kicking in that basic instinct for survival, the anxiety, the bad feelings, the negativity. It's too big. So we want to stay close to home. What's my first, next logical step? Now that I know what I do want, how can I get there? And some people may not even know. I don't even know what I like. I don't know what I want. Well, just go out there and do things. And you may experience things that, oh, no, this is not for me. I don't like this at all. But you may discover things that you didn't even know about that you're going to enjoy. And then it's a matter of starting to focus on that and consistently repeat it. Again, we need to use the law of repetition to gain access to the subconscious mind. We're not all hypnotherapists. But by the law of repetition, you can gain access. And the more... You consistently go in that direction, take steps, drive your focus to it, the more your subconscious mind will see it as something that it recognizes it, doesn't see it as a threat anymore, and will start at that point, there's a tipping point, will we'll start pushing you and helping you, not only working with you, but for you, and no longer against you, because the threat is gone. And that's what I would like to suggest to people, step by step and focus on the best next logical step that you can take. Got it. Now, let's say one of our listeners listening to the show right now wants to learn hypnotherapy. How does one get started in this field? Well, it's interesting. It, it depends a little bit on where we are in the world. It's, it's not a very regulated industry. 
So literally, there are YouTube videos on there where people will, will explain it on how to do it. It's not a very difficult thing. So, so to learn self-hypnosis, uh, for example, is very easy. To become a hypnotherapist, there are different schools out there. I, I went to what is called um, HMI, the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, uh, which is located here locally in L.A., Los Angeles, but they also have an online program. So people all over the world are signing up for this course. It's a year-long course. It's, it's the longest one to my knowledge that's available, the most intense one that's available, because it doesn't only focus on hypnosis, because putting somebody in the state of hypnosis isn't all, all that difficult, but it's really about what do you do with it? How do you do the therapy? How do you uh, listen to what people are saying and how do you use that information to create a change that's acceptable to, to them and not rejected by the subconscious mind? So there are many different courses out there that are available online. There are even weekend courses that are available, other hypnotherapists that certified other people. I don't recommend them, but if people want to use it for themselves, I, I think it's definitely uh, valuable. Um, of course, the thing is, knowing how to put people in hypnosis doesn't necessarily mean that you can guide them safely to change and comfortably to where they want to be. So I, there are a lot of resources online that people can go to and uh, can learn how to do this for themselves. Got it. So I love that you state the difference between putting a person in a state of hypnosis and then guiding them to that transformation, right? So it's like a two-step process, not just the first step, but also ensuring that the person is guided towards that transformation. Now, let's say a person is not ready to take the steps to learn self-hypnosis right now or does not want to become a hypnotherapist, but wants some support, wants some help. What can a person expect from a hypnotherapy session? There are many, many hypnotherapists out there, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we all have different methods. The way it works for me is I always, of course, want to know what is happening, what is going on, and uh, dig a little bit deeper. So my first sessions are typically an hour and a half, and uh, the first part is just cognitively talking. I want to understand what is happening. What are sometimes, sometimes we don't realize we say certain things, but there's really something behind it. So then I want to keep on going on that. And okay, what does this mean to you? And what does this, that mean to you? And, what, and what's that really? To get to the core of the issue. And then I always take my time to explain hypnosis to them, to explain how it feels, to explain exactly what we're going to do in the session, and that I will point out each and every single step on the way. I also let them know that they're in perfect and total control and that they cannot get stuck into hypnosis. And I also do a little test during the first session because we all have a specific way of processing and learning information. Some of us are more visual, some of us are more auditory, some of us are a combination. And we all are either more direct in the way that we process information or we're more inferential. In other words, we all have both, but we're more dominant on one than the other. In other words, what does that mean? If I say to you, AJ, hey, you look great today, and you're more direct, I'll say, oh, thank you, and you don't think much of it. But if you're more inferential, and I say to you, hey, you look great today, you may say thank you, but five seconds later, your mind is going, what did she mean by that? I, is there something wrong with my clothing? Did I spill something? Didn't I look good yesterday because she didn't say it to me yesterday? You start to look behind the meaning of what is being said. You start to analyze. So... For me to be efficient as a hypnotherapist and to provide suggestions and wording, I need to know how you process information because if you're inferential and I give you direct suggestions, 
your mind may just totally reject it because you're looking behind the meaning of things. So I do. I have a little test that I do so that I can find out specifically to what degree people are dominant and to what degree people process information inferentially, and I use that and word my suggestions that way. And then I simply guide people in a state of hypnosis. The first session, we go through several motions, and we create a very deep state, a very deep sense of relaxation and inner calmness so that in the future I can, I can play with the different depths that we have been created. I record every session for my clients because it's really about uh, them being able to re-listen to it over and over again so that we use and hypnosis and the law of repetition to be more efficient and to create that change in a, uh, the fastest time possible that is comfortable and safe. And uh, that is pretty much all there is to it. It is that simple. <laughs> Got it. So, Yasmin, over the years, what has been the most transformational story that you've come across among your clients? Well, there, there are many. The, the most transformational one that I don't think I can ever forget is the lady that had no use of her leg. Her husband carried her inside and she walked out of my office. That was that was quite something. Other ones are people that come in relationship is, issues. They, they get stuck in certain patterns. They attract certain partners. And it's, you know, the same thing seems to happen all over again and they get attached and then they get rejected. And um, when you, you, you get them to break free of that and, and they write back, listen, I met this amazing person. Uh, we're in a committed relationship. We're moving in together and everything. I feel amazing. I feel great. Those are the favorite ones because it really transforms a person's life to a whole different level or the people that, you know, were always passed by for promotions and you work on their confidence and all of a sudden, I remember one, one lady, six months later, she came in, I walked into my boss's office, I told them I want the promotion, I, I told them how much I wanted to make and they just gave it to her and it had never happened to her before. So it, it's really interesting on, on what is possible and the stories are endless. That's, that's the fun part of my job. Love that. Now, uh, based on what you've shared today, I'm sure many of our listeners want to take some action or want to build some momentum towards that transformation. So what is that one action step that you'd like to share with our listeners today who want to learn hypnosis? Well, the beauty of it is, is that hypnosis happens to us whether we like it or not or whether we believe it or not. We go through a natural stage of hypnosis at least twice a day. And we may have heard from, from other inspirational teachers out there that, you know, when you do your affirmations, do them right before you fall asleep or right when you wake up in the morning. But what they don't mention is the reason why. And the reason is there's a time frame in between the moment where you actually fall asleep and lose consciousness and the 30 minutes before that, 30 minutes before the moment where you actually fall asleep, you go through a natural state of hypnosis. The same thing when we wake up, you know that feeling in the morning when you open your eyes and you know you're waking up, but the body isn't quite up to speed yet and it's, it's all a little groggy in the head. That's a state of hypnosis. Mm -hmm. So when you know that, you don't really have to do anything particular other than going to sleep and waking up and you have that gift of hypnosis. Now, the question is, of course, what would you like to do with it? Yeah. Right? Are you going to watch the news? Are you going to go on Facebook? Are you going to go on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is that you do? Or do you want to use that time and perhaps give yourself some good feeling thoughts? Watch some positive YouTube videos. There's, there's a lot of inspirational teachers out there that, that, that are available to us. It's all free. And it's just a matter of when do you decide to watch it? And you can use that state of hypnosis that happens to you each and every single day and create it yourself. So Action Tribe, to access today's show notes, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 172. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 172. 
No other circumstances are more conducive to the realization of your true nature than the present circumstances within which you find yourself. These are some encouraging words by Meta Zeti. Action Tribe, you are where you are for a particular reason. All that you've done in the past has brought you to today. So don't wish that you were somewhere else. Don't wish that you had taken some other decision. Don't look back at yesterday wishing that you had not done something because the past cannot be undone. Your present circumstances, no matter how bad it might be right now, can actually act as a fuel to propel you into your wildest dreams. It's really up to you whether you see your current circumstances as rocket fuel or as explosion fuel. So Yasmin, I'm pretty sure that you are no stranger to life's challenges as well. So talk to us about one major life challenge that you've experienced. What was your initial reaction to that challenge? And then what were some of the steps that you took to overcome that challenge? Yes, absolutely. I mean, even as a hypnotherapist, life is life, and uh, we have to undergo things. I obviously wasn't born a hypnotherapist. I um, uh, was a hotel manager and traveled uh, many different countries, lived in uh, different continents, and was working the corporate world, working on a treadmill, 16, 18-hour days, six days a week, uh, nonstop. And it was up to a point where I became sick. I became ill, and I was under 30 years of age at the time. And the doctor told me, listen, you're pretty young, but you have shingles. And shingles is sort of a reactivation of the chickenpox virus that stays dormant in our body. And it is triggered by, it can be triggered by three things. Age, when we're getting a little older, our seniors, disease, or stress. Well, I, I didn't have to look very far what the cause for me was. I, I knew it was the, the latter, the stress one. So I, I had to take 10 days off and uh, after 10 days went straight back to work and uh, back on the treadmill, same thing. And within a year after that, my physician told me, listen, I, I don't want to alarm you, but I, I think we need to look into checking if just to make sure that you don't have breast cancer. Well, that was a big blow. I was still under 30 years of age and never ever would have considered that something something major would happen to my health. I was still too young. So we went through all the motions, and this was spread over weeks until um, I was fortunate enough to meet with an expert who explained to me, listen, after the biopsy, it's not breast cancer, but what we did discover is that the lumps that were created in your body are caused by stress. So they put me on this big vitamin regimen, and at that point, it was time for me to listen. It was time for me to let go everything that I knew and that I was so good at and that was providing my livelihood, and I had to make the very hard decision to quit my job, and then there you are, now what? right? Everything that you've known so far is gone. What do I do now? I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I like. I don't know what I can do, but I do know that I have to work. I have bills to pay. I have to eat. I have things I have to do. And so the the way I approach that is literally just by, okay, if I don't know what I like, well, then I guess my first step is to figure out what I do like so I can go into that direction and we'll see what happens. And I started just Going to different things, I went online, I started hiking, I went kayaking, I went to do this, I went to do that, I went to meet people, just to find out what do I like, I don't even know myself. We were so busy creating relationships with people around us and building our careers that we forget to build a relationship with ourselves and get to know ourselves, so I believe that was step number one, and looking back, that's where I started. Who am I, and what do I, what do I love? And throughout the course 
of that process, I found some free classes at that College of Hypnotherapy. And so I was like, all right, I, I remember hypnosis. I was lucky enough to be hypnotized when I was five, so it was a part of my subconscious mind, of my belief system. I knew what it was about. And I went there, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, my goodness, of course I love it. I remember it now. And I looked into what it is that I had to do. I looked into what it takes to enroll in the school and uh, what was my, again, what's my next best logical step? Let's get the data, let's get the information to see if this is something I can do and I can resonate with. Well, it turned out that it wasn't all that simple because at the time I was still in the process of obtaining the green card here in the U.S. And so without that green card, I couldn't get a student loan. Without a student loan, without the job, I couldn't afford to go. So it took me two years before I could actually enroll in the program. So from the moment that I knew what I finally found out what I loved, it took me two years. So that was a big barrier. That was two years of, okay, is this, is this real? Lots of doubt, lots of fear. And uh, so during those two years, I just, what's my next best logical step to stay on track? Well, I have to find a job. So I found a job during that process. What else can I do? What can I learn? Well, I can read about hypnosis, even though I'm not enrolled in the school. What's my next best logical step? And that's sort of the approach I took every single time. What's my next best logical step? What, do I, what can I do now? And then here I am five years later as a hypnotherapist. It wasn't an easy process. It didn't happen one day to the next. It was a big barrier, a big challenge. But every single time when you focus on the best next logical step, it will guide you in that direction. And it's a whole lot easier when the path is laid out to you one by one instead of trying to see from start to finish because that we just simply cannot do. Mm-hmm. So in just one sentence... What is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Breathe with focus and attention. Only focus on your next best logical step and make sure you have a good night's sleep. Because with a good night's sleep, you empty that glass of water and it's a whole lot easier to make decisions and to feel good. Mm -hmm. So I really love your story because your story is really inspiring. Uh, Like you mentioned, you had certain experiences and at a certain point, your childhood memories really kicked in. So you, you mentioned that you were on a job, you were working really hard, you know, you got sick. And at one point, you realized that you had shingles, right, which you found out was either caused due to stress or aging. Uh, you took some days off. You took some days off and then you went back to work. But uh, things didn't really seem to improve. And in fact, after a year, you got another scare of breast cancer. After some tests, you realized it was not breast cancer, but that you found out that stress was really taking a toll on your life. And you had to make a decision. You decided to let go of your job, like you shared, uh, which was hard, right? Because uh, you had to find another way to earn your livelihood and find yourself. And that's exactly what you did. You find out you know, more about what you liked and what you disliked. And you found out about this hypnosis class, free lectures that you took. And as soon as you went there, you, you know, your childhood memories kicked in because you were hypnotized once as a kid and you enjoyed that experience. And then you found out that, yes, this is my path. But what I loved about your story is that at every stage, at every uh, step, you just ask yourself this one question, what is my next best logical step? Which I think a lot of our listeners would be able to relate with, right? Because when you're trying to make a difference in your life and you're trying to embark on a transformation, the whole thing might seem really huge and really overwhelming. But uh, if you focus on the next best logical step, things become much more easier to act on. So thanks a lot, uh, Yasmin, for that wonderful story. My pleasure. So Action Tribe, it's about time you stepped into your greatness. 
It's about time you embraced your mission and it's about time you took responsibility for where you are and where you're going to be. The very fact that you're listening to this episode right now means that you've already started to listen to the still small voice inside of you. The voice that has been trying to communicate with you all your life. And I don't know you personally, but I do know that 2017 is going to be your best year ever. And I can feel it. As on today, you've got about two months to prepare for the grand beginning. And as Mark Twain once said, the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day that you discover the reason why. You are very close to discovering your why. And Yasmin, as on today, what is your life's calling? What is your why? Well, my why I, I really think is to teach by my own journey, to teach people how to get to where they want to be, how to discover where they want to be, and to really teach them how to re-empower themselves, take that power back from uh, people around them, from themselves, from products or services, and to keep holding on to that because we all have the mechanism that was given to us. We all have the ability to use the power of our mind in addition to our actions to get to where we want to be. If I could do it, I was a corporate girl. I didn't really believe in anything unless if it was scientific and I had tangible proof. But here I am today as a hypnotherapist. If I can do it, I know for a fact that anybody could do it. And it is my mission, my calling to help people understand that and to achieve that. Wonderful. Now, going back in time, was there ever a conversation or a phrase that you read in a book or an experience that you had, a defining moment that really changed things for you? I sort of, when I read uh, one of the Abraham Hicks books, uh, Ask It, It's Given, mm. and it has so many valuable processes and tools in there because at the time I really, you know, the channeling and the way it came about, I, I, I could not accept that. It, it was just beyond what I knew and my subconscious sure. mind was like, no, this doesn't make any sense. However, but the tools they have in there, after I had read that book, uh, the simple four words, Ask and It's Given, all of a sudden made sense to me. And uh, that was, I think, a pivoting point in my life. Well, that's amazing. You know, I strongly believe that there are different types of books. Some books are so interesting books where you, it's about 200 pages and you, you know, read all of that. Some books where you just skim, right? You skim and you get the basic idea, the principles, and then you can go and take action. Whereas there are some transformational books where if you just read the title, it's so powerful, right? Yes. And it seems like this book falls under the third category where, you know, you said ask and it's given, right? So uh, I think that's really powerful. Thanks a lot for sharing. And with that, we've arrived at the very last round for today, the wisdom round, which is a rapid fire round that contains four questions. So Yasmin, what is the best advice that someone's ever given you? It's some old advice from my grandmother, you know, it, it's, it's mm. sleep on it. If you get stuck on trying to solve a problem, whatever it is, and you can't get it out of your head and you don't know what to do, very likely your glass of water is just full and you can't make any decisions anyway. So take a nap or sleep on it and revisit that same subject the next day. I think my grandmother had it all right. She just she may have not understood the, the concept behind it, but it was it, it's true and it's still true today. So name a personal habit that keeps you going. Well, it's one that we've all heard before and we know it. It's meditate, create mind gaps, as I call it. Teach your mind how to become still. And, you know, the thing is, when we talk about the subconscious mind, the more you repeat it, the more your mind teaches to slow down. So you want to be consistent there. Uh, you want to teach yourself how to become calm and still because in calmness is where there are answers. And in calmness, we can make easy, easy decisions. And when we can do that, it's a whole lot easier to move forward. 
Wonderful. So what is your morning routine like? My morning routine, I always, as soon as I open my eyes, I, I say a, a little prayer as soon as I wake up. And then I have to tend to my dog, walk her and feed her, which really allows me to slowly wake up at being outside with her and to be out in nature. And then after my morning routine, I'll, I'll make a list of 10 things I'm grateful for. And, and I'll, I also list the reasons why I'm grateful for it. Because again, the mind learns through identification and association. We have to attach a feeling to it. When we talk about why, we start to feel things. And then I'll find some time to meditate, some, even if it's only one minute or five minutes. And I, I typically take the time to listen to a self-made hypnosis recording. And then it's just really straight to business, preparing for sessions, emails, and, and start the work day. Awesome. So as we speak, I can imagine our listeners really wanting to know what is that one book that you'd like to recommend for them today? There's a tiny little book, as you imagine. Some books are really, really small that, that was written yeah. in the early 1900s, if I'm not mistaken. And it's called, and the title is, is so, so great. It's called The Game of Life and How to Play It. And it, it was mm. written by a lady called Florence Scovel Shin. And back in the day when she was writing it, this was really, I mean, she must have been thought of, of like a crazy person, a crazy lady. But when you read those little books, she has three of them. But The Game of Life and How to Play It, it's, it's, it's a tiny little book. It's quick to read and it's a lot of fun and so much wisdom in there. I highly recommend it. So action drive for today's show notes. Visit my7chakras.com forward slash 172. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 172. Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on our show today, sharing your story and also sharing uh, some of those incredible insights uh, about your clients and what we can do today in order to see a transformation. Before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for and also tell us the best way we can find you online. Well, thank you. Well, what am I grateful for today? I'm grateful to have discovered my passion, to have discovered my calling, mm. and to be doing exactly that and living my life uh, that way. So that's that's the core of what I'm grateful for today, absolutely. And uh, people can find me online or on YouTube. I'm everywhere. Um, my website is uh, the best platform, which is simply www.happyinhypnosis.com. So there you go, Action Tribe, happyinhypnosis.com. If you want to know more information about how you can use hypnosis to take away those self-limiting beliefs and head towards your life purpose, your life calling, and your transformation, then happyinhypnosis.com. We'll have the links up in the show note as well. So Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of hypnosis and the power of the subconscious mind and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Well, it was my pleasure and I am very excited to have been part of the show. Thank you for having me, AJ. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.